0: live A-C-U. from the acu of texas studios this yes. is the clear lake today podcast network oh hey my name is adam smasher oh wow well now i seem like an asshole if you don't know i worked in the radio industry for over 25 years how do we get along that's doug doug worked for a record company way back when. Doug hasn't worked a record since Toto debuted Africa. And together, we have a pretty good knowledge uh, about how the radio and record industry works. <laughs>
1: That's not
0: true. I've been fired from every radio station on the planet. So once a week, we'll get together and give you an inside look at music, entertainment, me busting Doug's balls. You have got this hard-on for Oasis. And there probably will be drinking, at least on my part. What about Noel Gallagher? Sorry. How big is his penis? <laughs> I couldn't tell you, that. I had to. <laughs> Yes, it's massive. The Doug and Smash Cast. If I could go in your Google history, I guarantee there would be <laughs> Show me Noel Gallagher's penis. Welcome.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: That's cool. <laughs> I'm down. You're down. You're down. Hey, so you had the brilliant idea of today's episode being about encounters you and I have had with famous rock musicians it's not country musicians for me though i don't know so much for you
0: well i think being in um radio and you being um in the record business and i i, I mistakenly gave the wrong information last episode i said the last record that doug worked oh, was toto's record yeah. and it was not toto it was actually um uh make it funny now come on um what is uh, Kajajuju? Ka, ka, what's the What's the name of that ka, band? Kajagugu. Yeah, Kajajugu. Right.
1: Yeah. Shy, shy. Hush, hush. It would have been funnier right? had that delivery been smooth. I know, because yeah. I couldn't pronounce yeah, the name. It
0: doesn't matter. Um, but uh, a lot of I think a lot of a big question I got is, oh, have you met any celebrities? Have, yeah. Because people think. Now, it may be different for the record business because obviously you have a lot of interaction with the artists that are on the record label. Correct. But with a radio station, it's a little bit different. And it's not like uh, if you're in New York and L.A., I think uh, celebrities, I mean, they're always in and out. Right. But in other cities, it's not so much. So, you know, it's. I think they think we see celebrities like every day.
1: Right. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. Uh, For a while, it kind of did for me. And I'll tell you why, because it wasn't just musicians. Um, the EMI Capital office in Los Colinas was in the same building and on the same floor as Fox Sports Southwest. Yeah. So there were constantly these professional athletes coming in to do the TV shows. Right. And they would always they'd see all the gold records and the platinum records down the hallway, so they'd pop in and they you know what's going on here. Of course, we had just closets full of shit, you know, CDs, DVDs, whatever. Now, and we'd let them just come in and, and grab everything. Now Why? there's nothing. Now, <laughs> yeah, there's, now there's, there's no people, there's no, yeah, here, there's
0: no one. Here, here, would you like a free download? Okay. Yeah,
1: download cards.
0: I remember, we, I remember breaking into the uh, the prize closet and, um, and you know, seeing what CDs they had mm-hmm. or whatever and I would always, you know, and I would never use them but I would use them to like impress chicks or whatever. Right. Or sometimes yeah. I could exchange them uh, like t-shirts and CDs for free lap dances
1: at the, okay. the men's club, so. That worked? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I, I had a guy that worked under me and he, he would take his allotment of promotional CDs and he would give them to strippers. Yeah. And his, his rationale was that these girls are going to take these, they're going to take these records home and they're going to work out routines, right? Dance routines of these songs. I was, you can't tell me for a minute that you think these guys, these dodgy, sweaty ass guys are in that club thinking to themselves, damn, this is a good song. I think, I think I need to pick this up. It's just ridiculous. But I mean, if if you're looking for an end with a bunch of strippers, there you go. Boobs. That's all I see. Boobs. Yeah. Boobs. Um, I'm going
0: to have a drink because my. Um, okay, I think I might have a drinking problem. Yeah. Uh, I'll just be honest. I'll like just be honest. We left you. the
1: station a while ago, pal. Well,
0: well, it's Friday, you know, as of today. It's Friday morning, is what it is. Let's be honest. It's <laughs> oh, Friday morning. Uh, you say potato, I say mm. potato. No, that's not how that works. There you go. Hey, I'll you go. do you. Mm-hmm. I have a bad headache, uh, probably because I drank last night. So. Yeah, hair of the dog. <laughs> yep. Uh, by the way, Um, Doug accused my dog of giving this place fleas, and I will have you know, my dog did not give this place fleas. Your mother gave this place fleas.
1: (laughs) There was no accusation, but the fact of the matter is, your dog was here, Right. and then I had three people that came in here to record podcasts Mm -hmm. contact me afterwards and say, hey, it's the craziest thing, but when I left, I got in the car. I had a few fleas on me. And I thought, well, that's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. So I asked Greg, and Greg checked, and I, I didn't have any. Yeah. And then like two days later, I get in the car, and da- I came up here, and then I get in the car to leave, and I got a flea on my wrist. Oh, that's crazy. And those bastards are hard to kill.
0: I live in a small... My apartment is as big as this room right here. I've never
1: never seen a flea. Yeah. No. I don't know how the hell they got here, yeah. but uh, so they bombed. They bombed it. They bombed. This 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 is not a big space. Two bombs. Two uh, so
0: flea bombs and uh, I'm mixing that with alcohol, so I should be like really toasty yeah, in just nice drive a home for few you. minutes.
1: Uh, All right, yeah. so back to the topic on hand. People yeah. ask you, did you? Meet, that's a and that's a stupid question. A guy that's been in radio for as long, have, did you meet any celebrities? Obviously, you met a ton of them.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that it's just a like a reflex uh, for them. But I have I always urge people. Look. Be careful of who you who you meet because I always advise if it's someone you really really like, like one of your favorite artists ever, my suggestion would to be would be not to meet them because Ooh. if they are an asshole, it's going to ruin everything for you and you're not going to see them in the same light. And They could be having a bad day, or they could genuinely be a dick. I don't know, Uh, but it's going to ruin it for it's going to
1: ruin it for you. So I would almost rather keep the illusion. Then you you clearly have more negative stories than I do because for me I'm a a more negative person in general. That's (laughs) That's very true. But for me it was a little different because you know when an artist you kind of don't want to piss me off because I'm the one selling your record and I got a lot of other records I can sell instead of yours. So artists were always really. For the most part, gracious. I have a couple of stories. Um, Management. That's who I had issues with. Management were, they could be a nightmare to deal with. Oh, okay. And first of all, you didn't sell their records. Top 40 Radio sells their records. Oh, God. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. It's it's. It's the the truth. I, I, I sent out more invoices. Than you know, you,
0: you know those, oh, you guys play the same songs over and over, and you, you hear that, because we're the ones who sell it. Well, I say oh. we. I'm not a part of that industry anymore, but yeah. um, they are. I mean, because they, nonstop, nonstop, but they, they say, and it might be a little different now, because the whole market and the whole yeah, it's all way people consume music is... Uh, is different now.
1: But. I remember when my uh, when I got my first Nora Jones plaque, the uh, the platinum record for one million, my ex-wife was literally pissed that it had my name on it and not hers. Why Why the fuck would it have hers? Exactly. And I, cause, because I didn't really like the record that much, and she loved the record. And just so what does that have to do with this? Let me ask you, how many did you ship? And she was just dead silent. So yeah. it's okay, I got it because of how many I shipped. Right. So you leave that where it you is. You know, women women. That's a whole nother podcast. Very true. Very true. Isn't all right. Crazy. So, um, you have stories that, uh, make me think that you've had some pretty negative encounters. So, um, let's hear a couple, not all negative And I would hope not Jesus. I don't
0: like, I I've met a few people that were just, they were just dicks from the moment. Like I said, hello. Uh, Eminem was one of them mm. just, and I think it was because well, no, he, I mean, he probably is a dick, but he he was sick, I think like uh. a few days before, so he probably wasn't he wasn't very much in a good mood, but guess what? suck it up, buddy, because yeah. we're the ones again who are playing the shit out of your song. you could at least pretend i at right. least when I'm in a bad mood, I at least know how to pretend, okay, I could be just. Pissed off, angry, bitching yeah. to you about something, and then someone comes uh, up behind me. Oh, hey, uh, Adam! And I'll, I'll flip it like that. Oh, hi. Oh, how sure, are yeah. you? Yeah. How are you? Yes, yes. It's a very pleasant day. Yes, it is. And I'm assuming he was on tour, and he stopped um, by the station. N- no, this was this was right when he came out. Oh, so they were pushing yeah. for that uh, for that record, that first big one. And uh, after that, and here's the the other thing about artists is that you'll see them when they're new. And then once they get really big, you'll never see them again.
1: Because they don't need to, to Yeah, well, you know? and that's part of the problem is because, you know, it's the label making them do these things. Mm-hmm. And then once they get to that tipping point, now they're never going to do it. Now, now the, the label goes from saying, hey, you're going to do this, this, and this. Yeah. To, hey, is there any way we could get you to do this, this, and this. To where the label won't even bother asking.
0: Them. By the way, when you mention management of the, okay, so management and record uh, reps and people from the record company mm-hmm. always want it when you're doing an interview they always come to you before oh blah 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 and you know what we do we go oh yeah sure sure and we totally fucking ignore everything you just said cause it doesn't matter okay Oh, let's just let's just stick to the questions about the record. Okay, yeah, well, sure, yeah, sure, sure. We're sure. told to do yeah. that, though. Fuck you. You know, it's like people people want to hear real interviews with people having real discussions. Now, yeah. uh, I am not going to uh, be rude uh, to someone. Perfect example, and this turned out to be a really good interview, and it's it's really uh, it's kind of girly when I mention who it is, but. Again, I was in top forty radio. Okay, please. Um, This is when Jessica Simpson and Nicholas Shea. (laughs) Oh jeez, they were married and then they had just divorced and split up. Oh no shit! And so he came out with his solo album, which did really well, and and at least in pop, the pop world. Uh, But he came in and they were like, "Look, I know." It's a it's a current subject, and I know it just happened. But can we just steer away from questions about? I said, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And of course, I I did it in a way where I eased him into it, and I found a way to like slip it in the conversation, mm. and uh, and kind of. I think I was I was I was telling something about myself and I was like, well, you probably know because you know what I mean? So I kind of related to him. And after the interview, the record person came up to me and said that was the best interview we've had in a, in a, a long time. So, again, let me do my thing, man. Are you, are you, do you interview people for a living? No. Then shut the fuck up and sit but there in
1: the corner. You've got to understand that that, that came down from up top. Right. That's, I mean, this was, you know, this, cause whatever schlep brought the guy in there, it's right. not his call, Mm-mm. but somebody made very sure. And it's, and it, it, I'm sure it wasn't, um, it didn't come from the label. I'm sure it came from artist management. And clearly I have no respect for authority at all. <laughs> yeah. And I never have. And I never will.
0: Yeah. Um, so a couple times I got in trouble uh, again these are all these art. I swear to God um, I wish I had some cool stories like you know with you know Zeppelin or you know Aerosmith I did actually meet ask me about that later because that was a good encounter Steven Tyler from Aerosmith yep me and, too um, salt who's the, of the earth. who's the bass player Tom Hamilton, Hamilton. yeah the nicest guys ever and i'm telling you they were so gracious and they are huge superstars then you get these pop acts that come in who really haven't done a whole lot and then they're assholes anyway uh, this is when this is probably i don't know early 2000 2001 maybe i don't remember Mm -hmm. um But the Backstreet Boys were were coming in for a concert, and whenever the the boy bands came, we always broadcasted from the venue the night up because it was insane, crazy. I had to do a thing with Hanson once. Oh my god! And this is right when the the kind of the bad one, the tattooed one. uh, He had just come in and out of rehab, and he was actually he was in rehab. Um, and we did a bit where we, they, somebody leaked the, the, the rehab facility that he was at. And so then the phone Mm -hmm. number and then every, every radio person on the earth was calling this, this place. So we called the place and we acted like we were his drunk friends coming to pick him up from rehab and we were being obnoxious. Anyway, um, it turns out the day after was the concert and they were in town And I had to go out of town, that was, not to bring the mood down, that was a day I found out my mom had breast cancer. So I immediately dropped everything and drove home. So I wasn't gonna be at the concert, and so they had a guy fill in for me. And when I came back the following week, he came and he goes, dude, what did you do? I go, what do you mean? He said, I got to the venue and we did a broadcast. And then I went backstage to do our interview portion. And all of a sudden here comes one of the backstreet boys, the, um, the pray one, the, the God, the Bible thumping one, um, whatever his name is, he, and like these two big, like his, I guess, security team or whatever walked up to me and they were like, um, are you Adam Smasher? And he said, no. And he goes, well, we, and they had heard the whole thing with the rehab and they were
1: pissed. Yes, they were.
0: They were pissed. Uh, and of course I laughed and then made fun yeah, of them. And, yeah.
1: And I don't give a shit. But I mean, come on. The boy band stuff was weird. I, I did an event with um, Jordan Knight, the lead singer. Uh, new Kids, new on, new the Kids the on the Block. New Kids yeah. on the Block. He had put out a solo album. Yep. And. I mean, Jesus, I, and I really didn't think that this would draw. The Holy way it is. shit! I could not believe how much and this, there was it was madness. I mean, it was crazy. All
0: those, all those girls that were were, were teenagers and thirteen. Yeah. Whenever he was popular, they're all like milfs now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I told, this was a while back though, so they were in that in between. Well, I, I told someone uh, I took my ex to a Justin Timberlake concert one
1: year. Mm. Nothing but hot moms wow. everywhere. Go ahead. Well, so he he gets there, and I gotta say, nice guy. I mean, I I, I, you know, just really, really cool guy. And I think, and and I'm I'm pretty sure he was he was making a point of doing this. He was singing a lot in the back room, just just by himself, just talking about. But I think it was to say, I, I really can't sing. And he can. I got to hand it no, to him. No, he did. Yeah, can, the guy could. He could wail. And and he was really. I mean, he was he was belting it out in the back room. So he goes up there, and I don't remember if he performed. Or I, there, was just, there were just there are too many of these things to remember. But I, what stands out about this particular one was the huge crowd, and I had a little earpiece going into like a walkie-talkie because you, know, you had to have the security was just through the roof on this one. And some guy is in the crowd. And he has just whipped it out, and whipped what out? You know what he whipped out? His whipped dingaling. Out his, yep, he whipped out his line. He's just tooling himself, looking at the girls oh in my, this crowd. Oh my god! And I'm so I'm up on the little um, elevated platform, uh, and Jordan, I, my my job is to make sure they get the hell out of here once you know you've had your ten seconds with the guy. Okay, you need to go. But I'm hearing this chatter going on in my earpiece, and so I've got a pretty good vantage point. I'm looking everywhere. I'm trying to see where this is. Where is this dude? I, but there's so many people. It's like, decks. where's Waldo, but with a dick? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so finally, I notice it because of the scuffle, because a security guard comes up behind him and just sort of, you know, interlocks his fingers and puts his hand around his face and just drops him to the ground as hard as he can. It had to have knocked him out cold. Yeah. Just, and then they just drug him out. And, you know, really the people in the vicinity, the immediate vicinity, you know, something's going on, but the rest of the crowd, oblivious, had no clue that that was going on. Oh my God. That was the weirdest thing that ever happened when I was, uh, when I was doing one of these events with somebody.
0: One of the weirdest things I, and no one believes me, but I swear to God, when Maroon 5 they were touring with Gavin DeGraw and this is when Gavin DeGraw first he was yeah. opening up from room for, he wasn't very big he was just coming out on the scene yeah and we went to a show that they did that night and i swear he was on stage and then he he bent over to pick something up or whatever and i swear he had uh like a thong, like you could see, like what do they call it—the whale's tail or something? I don't remember what what they call Good it. God. But he he had a thong on, and I thought that was so
1: bizarre. Yeah, that's, just that's bizarre.
0: Different. That's different. Anyway, um, any
1: any famous person ever cuss you out? Um,
0: I'm trying to think. I, I don't know if I've ever been cursed at. Um, I I did piss off uh, Puff Daddy. When he was in town for a concert too, and this I always got in trouble because I would do stuff on the air, and I would do something relevant to the artist because if they were having a show that night, and I think I and I played some gun sound effects, and like he was in a oh, shootout geez. or something. And this is right after uh, something happened with a club, and there was right. a gun. One of his entourage. Anyway, he I I did the bit, and then my boss called me into her office, literally. Uh, three minutes later and said, hey, the record company just called uh, Diddy. They were, in the, they were in the car driving around, whatever, and they heard and they, they, they're not, you know, happy. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Well, yeah, really all right. Good.
1: Thanks for telling me. Fuck, I don't fucking care. Yeah. You know, whatever. Dave Did- Mustaine called me a motherfucker one time. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. That was Why? Well, uh, it wasn't my fault at all. It was, uh, they were touring on the Risk album, which was really the first Megadeth album to bomb. I mean, they 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 were on a string yeah. of, of of platinum albums, and then uh, they put out this album Risk. As a you know, stylistically there was a change, and 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 the fans didn't they weren't digging it. But they're on tour, and I get I get a notification uh, from somebody I don't remember even who sent it to me, but I followed up with my boss. Dave Mustaine is going to be making an appearance at Guitar Center in Dallas. Why? We didn't book this. We didn't. We you know we didn't have anything to do with this, and so my boss is like, "Well, you probably need to go." I said, well, "What the hell is he doing there? I mean, what's 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 is, is he signing? I mean, if, if he was going to be appearing someplace, he needed to be signing copies of that record, right? And I would have made arrangements with a, a retailer to be on site to handle yeah, yeah. sales all because of stuff. So I go there and I get there pretty early because I'm very the opposite of you, right? And. I get there with a hey, is Dave Mustaine gonna be here today? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be. okay. What's he doing? Are oh, he's just doing an autograph signing? What's he signing? They had nothing. They didn't have pictures of him. They didn't have the the, the idea was if you bought a guitar, Dave Mustaine would be around to sell the, to sign the guitar. Oh, well, there you go.
0: So because like they're gonna have a line of people yeah, buying up yeah, everybody's guitar. Yeah. You know, five hundred dollars, a thousand
1: dollars. And because the record was a stiff. We didn't really have a lot of, uh, you know, posters, flats, any of that kind of stuff. There wasn't a lot there. So I had like maybe 10 things, you know, that I happened to have had in my car that I could bring in. But, you know, a, a decent number of people came out and there's just Dave Mustaine just standing He, he just, oh. just nothing to do. Just ridiculous. And I'm calling my boss, going, Jesus, this is a nightmare, man. I mean, people are like wanting autographs and there's nothing. He's signing like. Um, Guitar Center flyers. Oh my for god! For people, it's just the worst thing ever. And so the whole thing kind of wraps up. And sane walks over to me, and, and there are two other people standing around. And he goes, "Which one of you motherfuckers set this up?" I said, "Oh no, no, no!" I said, "You can't bring that to me." I said, "I don't know who booked this." I said, "But if I were you, I'd be talking to management because I would have put you. I would have put. I mean, hell, I would have put him. At, you know, like a Tower Records or sure. a Virgin Mega Store or something. I would put. You know, and we'd, we we could have shipped some some records out of this thing because the record was dying." He was the only one that actually really, and he didn't, there was no like, oh, okay, well, sorry. Now he just, oh, yeah. he's he's me a, he, and and he just turned around and he just left. But I don't blame him. I mean, those guys, I've, I've seen too many itineraries for touring artists. Those guys don't have a minute to breathe, you know, and it's like, that's time he would have probably really liked to go relax or go do something. But no, do some heroin, you know, you get go. fucking
0: drunk at 11 a.m. on a
1: Friday, like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> He was a businessman, though. Some of those guys are businessmen. You know, one of that one of the artists that 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 uh, was on Capitol that that got the most flack was Art Alexakis from Everclear. Yeah, people hated that dude. I don't know why. I don't know either. I've got nothing but great things to say about that dude. Um, you know, he he understood though that this is his chance, and you know, if people are wanting to go buy the new Everclear album and every store is out of stock, they're going to move on to. The next one, right? So he got that. So he was a little, he was a little brutal on that. But I remember, um, I took my son to Oklahoma City to see Everclear. I remember who they were playing with, but took it, you know, took him because to, he was a, he was a big Everclear fan, and I took him backstage afterwards. And Art ran that band. I mean, he just flat out ran right. that band and um had some stuff that you know I needed him to sign for some giveaways and stuff like that but once he saw my kid who was probably I'm gonna guess maybe 12 13 at the time man he just locked in on him just locked in right pulled him off to the side I mean it's like there wasn't another person there he got is there anything I can get you and I remember he told him he said you know I think it's so cool he goes my dad never took me to a concert ever he says it's so cool that you're getting to do that and um he called the other guys over and uh, they wanted to take a picture with him and I think uh Craig had a, a beer in his hand. He's like, no, 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 man, get no, 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 just get the beer out of your hand. You know, I think you didn't want to have a beer in the hand with a little kid. Right, I right. mean, He was, he was great. But if, as a distribution company or a, a label, you're fucking up, he's calling you out on it. Yeah. And people don't like that. Yeah. You know, they don't like to be called out on. Um. But I, I, man, the guy was just good as gold. That's one of my favorite bands uh, from the nineties. Yeah. Um, but
0: I. In fact, I was listening to that song. Uh, I was I was listening to uh, Santa Monica the other day, and the kids were in the car. And my favorite line in that song, because I identify with it so much, is um, he says, "I just want to feel some sunshine. I just want to find a a place to be alone." And I'm like, "That's my favorite line." And my 11 year old looks at me. He goes, "Of course, that's your favorite line. Yeah, he knows <laughs> you, you introverted he knows loser." You. Um, did I ever tell you? Speaking of kids, um, what I used to I I also like to. Like, you have to, you guys have to realize that whenever you are, interviewing to me, it was always more of a chore than anything, and I, I hated it, because there were so many rules they wanted you to abide by, and you know, it was, look, I don't wanna sit there and talk to you 10 minutes about the new record, okay, because guess what? No one gives a shit who produced
1: your record. Oh, they I don't have hated you. I would have hated you.
0: They don't give a shit. They want to know about you. They like you. They like the band. They want to know. And without getting too personal, you know, I'm not going to ask him like, hey, when's the last time you did cocaine? You know, I'm not that like,
1: but <laughs> in the car before he came. Yeah. The so I
0: would rack my brain thinking of ways to like, how can I make this entertaining? Because when you were coming at it from a radio uh, standpoint okay here's what i see okay this artist is coming in and let's say name an artist oh god uh 30 seconds to mars okay let's say jared leto is coming in to because he is 30 seconds to mars sorry him and the other guys the brother um he's coming in to talk and i'm like okay he would be a little easier because he also does acting but i would say all right now, no matter what I ask him, no matter what, his fans, the people who love that band, they're going to listen no matter what, because they're just oh, going to yeah. listen to him talk. Yeah. My job is, how do I make this interview interesting to people who, one, don't know who 30 Seconds to Mars is, two, know them, but they're like, eh, I'm not really, how do I make that entertaining for them? Mm. You know what I mean? So, I, that's, the, that's the angle I have to, to. and so really you have to prepare And the best interviews are with people who just are people person. They're a people person. They have a great personality. Like, I'll tell you, um, we did a lot of phone interviews as well. And some of the biggest stars, like Will Smith, called in to do, he was, I forgot what movie he was doing at the time. He was the nicest guy. And, Everything I had written down, I didn't even have to go to because he was just—it was a natural conversation, and he was funny. He was yeah. personable. He made sure when he when he got on the phone, he made sure that whoever his people were, they, they okay. The, you're in Houston. Uh, this is Adam. Uh, yeah. I was working with Maria at the time, so as soon as I said hello, he goes, "Hey, Adam, Maria, what's going yeah, on?" Yeah, yeah. Very per- he gets it. Yeah. But then there are other. Other people, artists or actors who it's like fucking pulling teeth and mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: you are the worst interview ever, like yeah. ever, ever. But Will Smith was at that that level. I, I, I found the bigger they were, the, the by far the more laid back they were, the, the friendlier they were. I, I remember I, I did two events in a row. Uh, one of them was with the band Fuel. Remember them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Horrible. Right. Um the next one was with Chicago. So I, Okay, by the way, you told this story last podcast episode. Did I really? You did. Well, people didn't listen to it. Old man. <laughs> but the Fuel Guy was a complete pain in the ass. Wouldn't drink a certain kind of water, only sings once a day. Chicago, Robert Lamb, he, he takes a cab by himself. I mean, just they're, they're over it. They're at this point where they're just kind of over that kind of stuff. And I, I Jared Leto was the same way. Jared Leto met, met my little son and was just great with him. They were the same size. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. But I remember he asked him uh, if they're ever going to make uh, 30 seconds to Mars, the Lego. And it just made Jared Leto's yes. He thought that
0: was the greatest thing. Well, uh, so here's here's where I was going with this and I totally forgot because I have ADD. And, and you're I, old too. And I'm drinking. Um, I would always try to find ways to make interviews interesting. And I think I've told you the, um, the Cage the Elephant interview yeah, with yeah, yeah. my son, uh, Cooper, who... Was I don't know. He was maybe six, seven at the time, and we went backstage at at ACL. That's tall. To, huh? That's tall. Six or seven? Okay. Hey, you should not. You should not tell jokes. That um, was good. Right. And you right it, all. You're thinking
1: right now. Shit! I wish I'd thought of that. All
0: right. So we went backstage to interview Cage the Elephant, and um, you know, look, I like Cage the Elephant, but. <sighs> I mean, I don't, you know, again, luckily, the, they were, the their brothers that are in the band, they were uh, Matt and um, Brad, and they were very personable and very, you know, easy to talk to, so that I was relieved with that, but also, um, I was like, I gotta make this more interesting, and at the time, my son, was into asking these would you rather questions and his were just fucking insane okay and they usually had to do with either assholes or poop mm. so i said hey do you guys mind if my my son comes in and and he you know and they were oh yeah come on come on so so cooper at the time he comes in he has he has, he he had that lisp at the time and he's like okay would you rather um eat he starts off with this okay Eat a horse's diarrhea or crawl inside the horse's butthole. Wow, hmm. that's a choice that I'm not sure I could make. And Matt brought up a good point, and he and I didn't even think of this, and he goes, well, I don't know, is it an Empire Strikes Back scenario where Luke and Han had to get inside that dead animal to keep warm? Because he goes, if I were freezing to death,
1: I'm gonna stop you real quick, Greg, what was the name of that animal? There you go. A what? The tong-tong. A tong tong. Just so you say yeah, yeah. Like, He'll know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, that's interesting. But they were laughing their ass off, and the, the, everyone was laughing. It was good. It was it was a good interview. Yeah. Uh, but then again, there are those interviews that are like pulling teeth. What was your your story about the? Um, the I remember you told me this a, a year or so ago. The guy from Yes. Oh
1: Jesus <laughs> Christ! That was crazy. Um, okay, so I had to spend. Most of an entire day with John Anderson, the lead singer of Yes. Now, I'm a big Yes fan, so for me this was this was kind of a moment. Um, they were playing in Dallas, and I went backstage to kind of square everything away with him. And he's got this real pixie-ish kind of voice. I've got a little bit of cough, so I'm not going to try to uh, I'm not going to try to imitate it. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. But um, very, you know, just not really on the same planet that the rest of us are on he's like David Lee Roth who is a, like an yeah. alien yeah he okay. just, just he has, he has no relation to the, the real world but this is a thing this is, this is a guy that's been a rock star for 50 years right. at this point it's it's not quite but you know as long as I've been alive this dude has been a rock star so I tell him what we've got going on where I've got to pick him up he's staying um, at the Crescent Court Hotel which is a beautiful hotel in Dallas and he we've got to be at a certain place if I recall we got to be someplace at 11. And so he tells me to pick him up at noon. I said, "Okay." I said, "Well, that's that's fine." But, but the thing is, is we have to be here at eleven, and I'm Doug, and I'm always early. Yeah. And he said, uh, "He says, okay, fine." He says, um, "Pick me up at 11. I said, "Okay." So no, that's great and all, but we have to we be, have to be <laughs> there at eleven. He can't even
0: have can't even tell time. Like no. he has no concept of anything. No clue.
1: So I tell him, I say, "Here's what I'm going to do." I said, I'm going to be in the lobby of your hotel at 10. I said, if you can just come down as quickly as possible. he says, okay, that's fine. So I get there at 10 o'clock and God damn it. He's sitting in the lobby waiting on. Wow. And I'm thinking this is going to be a good day. Little did you know. Oh yeah. So he stands up and he remembers my name. You know, he's impressive. And, uh, he says, uh, let me buy you breakfast. And my head just dropped. I was like, Jesus wow. Jesus Christ, you've got to be kidding me. So we walk across the street to this little restaurant. And so many things about this were first of all, he orders for both of us. I mean, so I mean, oh, I, come you know, on. Yeah, orders for both of us. What did he order you? He ordered me a blueberry muffin, a cup of coffee, and an espresso. Okay. And he ordered himself the exact same thing. Okay. And I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll pick around the blueberries. So uh, we have it. We're ready to go. We walk the check. He does not wait for a check to come. He, wow. He, he he doesn't walk. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that Sting all about See, you'll never find Sting with five dollars in his pocket. I mean, it's, he doesn't understand money. John's the same way. He just we get up and we walk. And of course, he's done this hundreds of times. I'm in panic mode. I'm just waiting for Dallas PD to put the arm on me. You know, Why didn't around. you pay? Because he's gone. He's le- He got up and he left. Can and you just, just go follow hey, him out? Hey. You spend five minutes with this guy and you'll realize you can't do that. Okay. So we kind of walk across, oh my God, I'm just freaking out, I'm freaking out. So we get back in the hotel and uh, Billy Sherwood, who was uh, the guitar player at that time, and their tour manager, they're in the lobby of the hotel. And I beeline for the tour manager and I'm like, oh my God, we just walked a check. Oh, it's fine, where, where are you at? I said, the restaurant right across, we had this. He goes, I, I got it, I'll take care of it, you're fine. So Billy Sherwood would ask where where we're. This going. This happens all the time. He doesn't even know what yeah. money is. Oh, we're going to get everything that. is free. We're, <laughs> we're going to get to that as as we're wrapping up and we're 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 ready to go. We want this is one of my favorite moments that I've ever had with 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 a famous person. As we get to the door of the hotel, he turns around to his road manager and he says, "Do I have money?" And he goes, "Yeah, John, I put money in your wallet last night." I thought, holy shit, this guy actually has to go into his dressing room. Find his one and put money in his wallet for him and put it back in his pocket. Wow. That's how out to of touch with, wow. with, with, with reality this guy is. So we're spending the day together. It's telling, he has no idea what city he's in. He has no clue what city he's in. Worst of all, I've got to take him to the airport. He doesn't know what city he's going to next. Turns out it was Houston, but he has no idea. So I'm trying to track down an itinerary for him. Meanwhile, he's doing promotion on a solo album that he does not remember the name of. He has no idea what the name of his new album is,
0: and no one from your company, your record company, warned you about this no, at all.
1: Hell no, no, dick move. They probably just thought it's John Anderson, How, who doesn't know about this guy. Yeah, you know, but I didn't. I was, I was, and I mean, the stories he's telling me as we're tooling around Dallas. That um, he asked me if I knew what a shining one was. And I told him I didn't. (laughs) Uh, 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 As a matter of fact, I don't know what a shiny was. A shiny one is a seven foot tall fairy that appears to you once or twice in your lifetime. Uh And it only appears during... When you're
0: high on mushrooms.
1: Yeah. Something huge is happening in your life. Huge. And it appeared to him during the mixing of this most recent Yes album, okay. which was called Open Your Eyes. So that, the right. album was going to be huge. That album just died a complete yeah. death. Yeah. So the Shining one just missed the mark. You know, I don't, the Shining one should have shown her up during Fragile or like close to the edge, but it waited until this one. But he's telling me that my wife was my mother in a former life. And I mean, I'm getting all this weird shit from the guy. And it's funny because I went into that day thinking this is going to be the greatest day ever. Nope. And within just a handful of hours, I'm just thinking I cannot wait to get this lunatic out of my car. Oh my God. But it was, I mean, great stories, though. He bought me a, one of his solo albums. Uh, we well, wasn't there at, a story you had about a, uh, a hooker or something with that guy? I didn't have the story. Somebody else had the oh, story. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I shouldn't recount that because it's not my story. But Come he, on! He, he, he gave me this, he told me this whole thing about how he was always this very faithful, uh, and it wasn't a hooker, it was a stripper. Okay. So to be fair. Same thing. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Adam said that. Because um, we have so many strippers listening. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, hookers. Basically, that he was such a, an angel and a good boy with when he was married and his wife was not true to him and all that kind of stuff and I'm telling the story to somebody uh, that worked for uh, I think it was Hollywood Records and he's like oh bullshit he told me the story about they they took uh, the whole band to a strip club and uh, John wanted an Asian woman and so they had to call an Asian woman to come in and dance for him and they went into a little lap dance room and he just starts to hear this commotion this ruckus and he's being drugged out by like three bouncers <laughs> and he's just clawing onto the door jam trying to stay in there but that's not that's my story. That's not my story. Somebody hey, me uh, that, we got any
0: Asians back here tonight? Any, any, any Asians dancing tonight? Anybody?
1: Hey, try try to play that card the next time you go to one of those places mm. and see if it works out.
0: You know, I've never been with an Asian woman before. It's on my list. Oh, you got a list. Yeah, I've okay. never been with uh, an Asian woman, or um, my kids have me thinking saying black is racist. Now they they no black African American or. or yeah, Hispanic I've done before. I've done. Yeah. How did we get
1: to this? Yeah.
0: But I don't know. I've always been curious about being with an Asian girl Why? or a Vietnamese girl. I don't know. Just because. Because I
1: have. So what's your curiosity? I'm just, I don't know. Okay. Just. I'm just curious. It's, it's wasted curiosity. Oh, okay. It's, it, there's there's nothing. You know. All right, whatever. There's nothing different. Well, I mean, you're racist and you don't know, like Asians, but. <laughs> well, that would not be true. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to touch, this is the last story I'm going to tell because we're, we're, we're kind of going on and on here, but I'm going to tell you one of my favorite celebrity encounters, and I don't know how big of a celebrity uh, this guy really was. He's dead now. Um, he was a rapper named Big Mo. Yep. Yeah, and so he had done this uh, album called Welcome to the Purple World, and he had this song out called Purple Stuff. Which was which is uh, the
0: purple drink? The,
1: yeah, yeah. It's and the it, codeine mixed with cyanine or something, cough syrup, yeah, it's, 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 or something like that. And purple um, drink. Yeah. So I had to do a run
0: sipping on, uh, on some cissard. Sipping
1: on some No, I'm no, no one. Okay. with you. Okay. Um, so I've got to spend a day running around with this guy. And then we're going to do, it's it's the day the album comes out. Now, it was just a straight distribution deal with with us. Um, He was on another label, but we were handling the distribution of it. And so I spent the day with him in our first, we have to go to this place called, uh, I think it was called Gladys Soul Food. And we went for breakfast, and I'll never forget. Now, Big Mo was huge. Well, his name is Big Mo. He had to have been hovering close to five. Wow. I mean he was he was he was huge. And so we go to this place we we order breakfast and it's like a breakfast buffet and you can imagine what my plate looks like. Nothing's touching. You know, I got my eggs over here, my little things, right. everything's disappear. Weirdo. He took like a, a huge pile of everything on there, piled it up, and then he poured gravy over everything. How did he like, die? What is it? gravy? Yeah, I have no idea.
0: Drowned in gravy. <laughs>
1: Drowned in what gravy. a way to go, though. This gets, oh. this gets worse.
0: I want to. I want to. When I go, I want to go after having sex, amazing sex with the, like a just a gorgeous woman, and then drowning in a big tub of gravy. That's, That's what gravy. I want to do. Okay.
1: Well, then you're not going to like what he did to <laughs> the gravy, then. Uh, okay. Because then once he got to the table, he opened up every packet of sugar that was in the little holder and put it all over the gravy. So, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is, he's trying to get bigger. I mean, that's, this is his thing. He's the you know obese rapper. He's trying to get bigger. So, he, he eats all this food and whatever, and he, during the conversation, and the conversation's not, you know, riveting by any means, but during the chat, he falls asleep with his eyes open And he's just sitting across from me, and I just hear this. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's asleep. So I wake him up. We move on. We do some other, you know, we go visit some other places. So it's the night of the in-store, and it's packed. I mean, it is so crowded. News helicopters are over the place because of the mob of, of people that are out there. Now I've got him two nights in a row. I got him the, the night the album comes out and I got him the next night. So we do the in-story you and know, do whatever and we sold thousands of records. And then the next day, I've got him uh, in North Houston and what did he do? You're oh, being funny. I,
0: I Googled, how. if you Google, oh. how did Big Mo die? Go on. All right, the first thing that comes up, big bold letters right there. Heart attack. <laughs> heart attack. <laughs> Rest gravy, in peace, big Mo.
1: Gravy induced heart attack. So, <coughs> the next day. Wait, doctor, what is that coming out of his, his? is that blood? <laughs> no, it's gravy. It's gravy. <laughs> so the next day, he's doing another one of these things. And it's still, it's, it's, you know, hundreds of people. And I get a phone call, he's not coming. What are you talking about? He's not coming. I got, there's I got like 600 people out here waiting to, to meet this guy. No, he's not going to come. Uh, I said, well, why? He said he had to get a haircut. And this is, this is the sentence that came out of my mouth. That motherfucker was bald yesterday. <laughs> I was th- that was my only contribution to the whole thing, wow. so I had to go up there. That was a, that was the shitty thing oh. is when somebody canceled, you have to cover for the artist. You yeah, so and you, you look like to, the asshole. yeah, you have to just fall on that sword and go up there. So um, yeah, I don't remember what I said. I had to you have to fall in on that gravy dish. And, yeah yeah yeah, but Big Mo didn't. Uh, yeah, we, we we lost him. We lost. Can
0: it, you imagine? Though. Like he has to have
1: someone wipe his ass.
0: There's no way. Oh God. Yeah. Either can, that, or he just
1: like takes a towel and just sort can of. Can you like
0: the, or has to go in the shower and get hosed down? Can you imagine? Your job is to wipe Big Mo's ass. <laughs> Honestly. Okay.
1: That was my internship actually before I got the job.
0: All right. Real quickly before because we talked about a bunch of bad ones. One of yeah. the best encounters I had with a celebrity, and this is. What I wish more celebrities and musicians and actors would would be like, um, uh, you know how when you see anything with Dave Grohl, he is oh, like, yeah. he's awesome. He talk, you know, he he's never too good to talk to anyone. Uh, but we were at when Super Bowl was in Houston, two thousand what one two thousand something like that. Yeah. Well, we were doing uh, MTV. TRL was still on the air when the MTV still played videos, mm-hmm. um, and Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore were there. Promoting their movie, I think it was 51st Dates. And okay. we were there broadcasting, and I was like, man, it'd be awesome if I could get one of them to do an interview. And of course, I look over. And there's fucking Adam Sandler with one of his guys, I don't know who it was, it was a buddy or whatever, and they were just by themselves, just tossing a football back and forth. Really? No one around them, no, no, no security, no nothing. And I just went up to him and started talking to him and I said, Hey, would you mind talking to us on the air? He goes, Oh, yeah, sure. And we had the best, just most laid-back conversation. He was awesome. I went and I, I tried to get get Drew Barrymore and her people were like, No, she's not, yeah. she's not talking to anyone now. And I'm like, Adam Sandler is bigger than she will ever be, oh, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but he was just the nicest laid back guy ever. And I was, I was so impressed by that. It's so good to to hear that when you get rich and famous, you know, cause most people turn into assholes, right. uh, you know, money makes you, I think a lot of money makes you an asshole, which is why you and I are so nice. Cause we're poor. Yeah, there you go. Um, but he was great. I mean, he was one of the best, and I still have the picture too. Yeah, and I had hair back then. It was it was bizarre. All right, Just
1: I'm going to tell you my my people story. Al Green. So Al Green. That was
0: my. Uh, uh, we had an Al Green song to my my at my wedding. That was our wedding song. So
1: oh, okay. All uh, right. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. Um, so Al Green was headlining one night at the Austin City Limits Festival, and I had him booked to do an autograph signing at the Waterloo Records tent. And we had a new box set that was coming. I think we just had to put out like a Love Songs compilation or whatever. But we had a new box set coming out. So we were, you know, everybody's like big on Al Green at that time. And so we're all set. We're going to do this autograph signing. I get to the festival and they've got this giant banner up with, you know, the signing schedule. And everybody's in the exact same font, same size, same whatever. And then they get to Al Green, and it's in a font like four times bigger than all the others, and it's in red. And it's just like, Al Green, so it's like the big to-do. People are actually, and this I never understood. I never understood autograph signings at music festivals. Because you're blowing off seeing all these bands to stand in line to get an autograph from somebody else. Because there are people in the Al Green line I think it was. Let's say he was supposed to sign at like four o'clock or five o'clock. They're there before noon, just you know, standing waiting. on You know Albert. how
0: many autographs I've had and I've just fucking just thrown lost. away, yeah. tossed.
1: Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, it's the
0: same. With me. Or if I was trying to get into a girl's pants at the time, I would say, "Hey, can you make it out to Stacy?"
1: I actually had a, a very famous artist ask a girl out on a date for me one time via email. He emailed her and asked her to go out with me. That's awesome. It's James Taylor. at James Taylor ask a girl to go out for me. Um, that's that's but, gay. Sorry. Go ahead. Whatever. James Taylor's awesome. So um, I get this phone call from Al Green's manager saying, "Yeah, uh, I just got word about this autograph signing. That's not happening." Oh, uh, he, man. We I mean we took out like an ad out in the. Uh, I don't know, it's the Houston Press here. What is in Austin? They've got their own version of it. We just got a big ad for it. Um, I mean, they they brought in a shit ton of product for it. He said, no, we have to do it. We have to do it. So, well, it's not going to happen. It wasn't run by me, blah, blah, blah. So I wind up calling my boss in like, you know, panic mode. And I'm like, dude, they're already lining up. He's like, all right, let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can do. He's making some phone calls back and forth, whatever. And then, you should know who this guy is. Uh, after about an hour of this, I get a phone call from my boss and he's giving me Bruce Lundvall's phone number. Now Bruce Lundvall at this time, um, and he's passed on since, to he was the president of Blue Note Records. He is a legend in in the record business. So I call Bruce on his cell phone, shit. So I call him up, super gracious as can be. He says, okay, so is this a good number for you? I said, yeah, it is, absolutely, you know. It's better. Like 10 minutes goes by, my phone rings, it's Al Green. And he's like, hey, Doug, you know, it's it's, it's Al Green. Said, oh, hey, just, hey, sorry about the, no, 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 worries, don't, no worries, no confusion, oh, yes, what, what is it you need? I said, well, I tell him, well, yeah, we'll be there, we'll be there, yeah, we're happy to do that, happy to, oh, thank you so much, it's going to be wonderful, I'll take care, of everybody. okay, yeah, great. Get off the phone. Three minutes later, my phone rings. Hey, yeah, listen, I was very clear about this, we're not doing this okay it's not happening you need to let whoever you. oh no 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 it's good it's good uh actually i talked to uh, bruce lundvall and then uh uh actually al green i just hung up with him he's good he's he's i don't care who you hung up with i'm telling you it's not happening okay you understand we're not going to do it get off the phone with him so i call al green back hello yeah absolutely no doug doug listen yes we're going to do it all right we're just i i got you okay we're going to do this we're going to it's going to be great it's, okay great get off the phone man, I'm not going to tell you again. Oh this is not happening. And at this point, I realize Al Green is sitting with his manager going, okay, yeah, great, great. Hey, get me out of that. Oh, and no. And passing the phone, I realize that oh, this is where we're at. What a dick. And uh, I'm just like, oh, God, you've got to be shitting me. So I have to go and explain to everybody that Al Green's not going to come. And my make good for it was I ordered like, uh, they let me get like, like 10 copies of his box set, like six months before it came out to give to the, you know, to, to people to to, you know, sort of soften the blow a little bit. But the best part of that whole story was, and it was a disaster. It was the most embarrassing thing ever to deal with. Um, I talked to the girl that handled the circuit city account and, uh, they were opening up a new circuit city on Valentine's day and they'd booked Al Green to come and sign autographs. And she says, yeah, it's gonna be you know Love Songs with Al Green and blah, I said, yeah, he isn't gonna come. Oh, no, 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 he'll, he'll be there, yeah, no, he's not gonna yeah, come. Okay. He's, he's not gonna come. No, no, you don't understand, I said, no, you don't understand. I said, I had thousands of people there. This is not gonna be, this isn't a, a Circuit City grand opening, I had thousands of people there, he's not gonna come, and sure enough, she calls me up, he wouldn't leave his hotel room. They were like knocking on his, the door of his he's, hotel room, he wouldn't leave his hotel room. This
0: is what pisses me off when there's no, just do the right thing. Look, it's going to be, yeah, it might be a hassle. You might not want to do it, yeah. but you know what? If you can make a connection with just one or two people, uh, they're going to tell people and they're going to tell people and you just, and also know you're making somebody happy by just showing up, yeah. you know? You rich douchebag, you know? You don't have to be a douche. Yeah. Again, I told you Steven Tyler and Tom Hamilton of Aerosmith came in for a private performance and... Literally stayed until the last person left. Yeah. Normally what they do is they come in, they usher them in. If they're singing or performing, they'll talk a little bit, interview, then they'll sing. Or if they're just interviewing, you just interview them and then people will come in and they'll line people up for yeah. pictures and then they'll just usher yeah. them out. That's they would the the not call. leave until the last fucking person cool. left That's and cool. signed everything.
1: Um, and they're one of the biggest bands in the yeah. world. I did an in-store signing with Thirty Seconds to Mars when they were at their peak. They were, I mean, they were really at their peak at this point. And you know, these these are simple things. This is not a complicated deal. No, here. they weren't performing. They're just coming in and sign some records. they go, um, but for like six weeks in advance of this, I was getting emails from just all these different people. This, this, you know, all okay. Well, you've got to make sure this is. You know, this has to be like this. It's like, you know, I've done. I've done a, enough of these. I know how to do these. And so the whole thing was just this huge big deal. Of course, the band was great. Um, they were still four piece at this point. And so we go through it, the thing goes without a hitch. I mean, it's just fine, you know, they came in, everybody's great, they, they signed shit for everybody, as they go. So just, it was kind of like to be a dick about it and to put a little perspective in it. Um, because as these emails started growing, everybody was on them. So the, eventually there's like nine people on this email, you know. So I go to the last one that I had and I hit reply all. And uh, I said uh, something like, everything went great. Just want to say thanks to everyone for your help with uh, the band we distribute going into a record store and writing their names on CD booklets. Because that's all you did. That's all it was. Yeah. They came in and they wrote their names on CD. Boom, you're write. done. But it was like six weeks of you know I didn't even know how many emails. Came. It was just ridiculous. Fucking drama. Yeah. Jesus. All right, we got are. Right, go. We done talking to one another. Yeah, that was
0: uh, that was good. I'm glad I came up with that idea. Yeah, you can't. You, you don't, there was no planning. You were you were driving when this hit. You don't. Lie. You have to come up with uh, the next idea. So all right, deal. I got it. All right. All right. Um, bye. Bye. bye.